0: Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. This is where we work out how to manage our mind in the craziness of life. And considering the fact that our minds drive everything that we do, our mind is the difference between being alive and being dead, our mind is how we process life, we have to manage our minds there's not enough attention paid to our minds. There's a lot of talk about minds and there's a lot of talk about brain health and I talk about that too. But really managing our minds, this is an area that we need to understand more deeply, which is why I've created this podcast to really help you understand what your mind is and how you can manage it in the big and the small stuff, in those big traumas, the traumas that are complex, the little traumas, the acute traumas, the day-to-day stuff, the things that stress us out, family relationships all these different things we need to know how to manage our mind in the process we need to learn how to let grief and joy coexist The traumas and the good stuff and the bad stuff it's all part of being alive and at any one time things might slip in the direction of one or the other so there might be a little bit more emphasis on one or the other but we can learn how to manage this and that is why i do what i do Well, welcome to this podcast and today specifically I'm going to be talking about how our brains have been changed by the experiences we've had during the pandemic. And this is an enormous topic and it's one that I'm going to be addressing at my mental health conference in depth this year as well. So this year I have also got my mental health conference, which last year was virtual, but this year will be live again. I'm so excited from the 2nd to the 4th of December in Dallas, Texas. And in in the show notes, the link will be there for you to go and register. There's a fantastic early bird special. I mean, this is a conference with a lot of practical information to help you and I manage the anxiety, the depression, the trauma that has happened to us over this pandemic and to our kids and how kids have been so badly affected by this. And adolescents have particularly between the ages of, of 11 and 19 have been particularly badly affected. And every age group has been, but each age group we're going to talk about each different age group and what we can do to help and real techniques, hardcore stuff. And I'm going to be offering CMEs and CEUs to those in the medical profession, which really makes it, and in the nursing, psychology, etc. So that makes it great for you can actually learn to help yourself, plus you can get CEUs and CMEs. But this really, this conference is for everyone. This is for anyone who is really feeling overwhelmed with their mind, already before the pandemic we were, but the the pandemic hasn't helped. And I'm gonna be very specific about what has happened in our brain and how we can manage it. And today's podcast is really an introduction into that. And it's such a massive topic, and I will be covering this in the conference and in various other podcasts as well. So join me today in this. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. And just one more thing before we begin, and that is that this is not medical advice. Hey, this is educational. My podcasts are for educational purposes. And if you need medical advice, please make sure that you also get the medical advice from the appropriate medical professional and that therapeutic support from the appropriate professional. Back to today's podcast. I'm actually going to be talking about, as I mentioned already, how our brains have changed and how our minds have changed and how our bodies have changed in over this period of the pandemic. So as you know. We are mind, brain, body. You know from this podcast and everything that I teach that we talk about psycho neurobiology and the link between them. Psycho being mind, which drives the whole thing. No mind, no brain and body action. Brain and body can't do anything without mind. So the psycho part is all the mind part, which is all around us and through us, neuro being brain, and biology being our body. Okay, so psycho neurobiological link and we can drive that process. So the whole angle of The work that I do is helping you to understand the psychoneurobiological links and how you can manage that. Okay, so any adverse experience is going to impact us. We know that. And we have big ones and we have little ones and we have complex ones and we have all these different experiences. So COVID is one of those very complex traumatic experiences that has affected us globally as we know in a multitude of ways and has affected so many age groups in so many different ways. And It has affected so many different parts of our lives, and every single. When I say affected, everything about the pandemic has been different experiences. So each day, as we've gone through the pandemic, and as time has progressed, and as we've gone from not knowing what's going on to knowing a little bit more about what's going on, to experiencing all the multitude of deaths and and the fear and the financial losses and the you know all the threats and where's it come from, and the anxiety and all that. To knowing a little bit more, to eventually getting to the point where we have the vaccine, and there was all that uncertainty around that. And now we're seeing the vaccine is having a tremendous impact. And they, but then there's still the side effect. People people's anxiety tripled during the pandemic. And and when I say anxiety has tripled, I'm not talking about anxiety as a disease. And now you know my stance. If you've been listening to me, you know that I I am part of a group of professionals that our philosophy is that Anxiety, depression, etc. These are not mental illnesses. This doesn't mean that you have a sick brain and that there's something wrong with you as an individual, that you are broken. It just means you are an amazing person. You've got to keep telling yourself that you're phenomenal, you're incredible, your brain is wired for love, your body's wired for love, you have an optimism bias, You've, you can do something that no one else can do. And if you don't believe any of this, please go listen to my podcast on identity that I did recently and on kindness which is so important just to help you if you've been really hard on yourself. But to come back to today, this is the reality. Your value is in who you are. You are so important to every single part of the puzzle of life. There's something you can do that no one else can do. So based on that, We go through life. So here we are, these human beings in these adverse experiences and life happens to us. And we can't control what happens to us. We can't control those events and circumstances and people and all that stuff and COVID and everything, but we can change what's happened in us. So we have changed. We have experienced these changes. We are different. Our minds are different. How we see life is different. Our brains have changed. Our brains have been reshaped. By this, by the COVID pandemic, our bodies have been cha- have been changed. We're different. We're different in all our psychoneurobiology, and it doesn't have to all be bad. So, anxiety, depression, etc., are not illnesses. They're not. In- this doesn't mean that there's more increased illnesses in in anxiety. It doesn't mean that anxiety and depression have increased as an illness over the pandemic. What they've done is they've increased as a warning signal. Okay, so. Anxiety and depression are telling us something about what is going on in our lives, in our brain, mind, and body, and in our environment, because you can't separate you from your environment. Your environment is impacting you all the time. And if you're in a chronically stressed environment like we've all been for the last 18 months, that chronic stressful environment we are processing through our minds into our brain and into our body. And that pandemic looks like this. I mean, it literally looks like a toxic thought. We build these toxic trees inside of our brain. So as you are experiencing everything that you have experienced during the pandemic, all the the, the, the news broadcasts, the, what it's done, been stuck at home, the isolation, homeschooling kids, someone said the other day, that's been like a new form of hell. There's you know, just been so many terrible things and so many great things too. It's not all bad but there's been a multitude of experience so we've had good and bad experiences over the pandemic and it's it's changed us it's reshaped our brains we're different and that's good we can we can take this and we can make it work for us if we can take the good and make it work for us and we can take the toxic that's happened to us and we can change how we see it in us and we can make it look different in the future we can in other words we can't change that it's happened but we can change what this looks like so, And what I mean by that is that this experience, every single experience you've had over COVID has daily been processed through your mind, through your thinking, feeling and choosing into your brain. So the, if you look at this tree, now look closely, for those of you that are listening, I'm holding up a toxic tree, but just think of a tree. We know that any tree, when you plant it in the ground, there's a seed that goes in the ground and then a root system grows and then the trunk grows and the branches grow. We know that. Okay, so that that exact process is what your mind is doing with your brain and body as you experience stuff. So as you read the news bulletins, that was seed COVID. The seed was sown. Each bit of information you got, the news bulletins, the. The daily podcast that you listen to, the your the going into lockdown, having to wear the mask, having to homeschool your children, having to change how you do business, losing business, losing finances, living at home twenty four seven, not being able to go out, the way that you we had to shop, and all the changes, every single one of those are our experiences that were we thought, felt, and chose, pushed it into our brain as this electromagnetic energy. And it, as, it, as, as this experience was processed through our mind, so our mind is this gravitational field, this electromagnetic force on the physics level and on the psychological level, it's our think, field, choose. So there's each experience, we process that experience, 8,000 to 10,000 a day, we push them into our brain. As the mind connects with the brain, there's this phenomenal reaction and a ge- the genetics, genetic reaction happens, amino acids form, proteins form, and your experience becomes a vibration in a protein that is growing. And the more ex- more the experience, the more detailed data added to the experience, each new little bit of information and emotion, as you think, feel, and choose about, as it, as, as it comes in, that's, that branch grows and grows. So you get more and more branches, and it gets longer and longer. So one branch is made lots of proteins, and each protein is vibrating with a bit of data so you may have just throwing out for argument's sake you may have 40 little proteins vibrating with 40 different experiences making that particular branch and then there's another branch with another 20 or 30 experiences and another branch with and each day more and more is added and as soon as you build it then as soon as this is the root part is the receiving it's the actual information coming in your thinking feeling choosing into your brain into the root and then immediately at the same time you interpret that So you, with your unique thinking, feeling, and choosing mind, mind in action is your thinking, feeling, and choosing, you interpret that. And so this is your interpretation of the isolation. This is, I'm so lonely. I'm so scared. I can't do this. What's my future? How am I going to cope with this financially? This is so scary. What about the death, the grief, the lost one, the sickness, the not being able to breathe, not being able to connect with someone who's on a ventilator and and not being able to say goodbye properly and, and the 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 frustration of working at home and not being able to get out and all of those in this so here's the experience and here's your interpretation. This is what you think, feel and choose about the experience that you are having. And this builds and builds and builds and over time it becomes this this fixed thing and within within sixty three days this has become a, a pattern in your brain, a fixed habit and it is impacting your behaviors. So when we see that the withdrawing and aggression and And frustration and irritation and arguments or sadness, depression, all those, all the behaviors, all the emotions, all the frustrations, all the perspectives that we're developing that this is terrible. Is there any future? How can I cope? What am I going to do? All those things start pouring out and in your in and how you are functioning and then your body starts responding because this experience is going into your brain and into your body so now there's maybe increased physical problems in your body maybe more gi symptoms or more heart symptoms or and so because it's a whole mind brain body experience and this is very real this is what we've all been experiencing and younger, the younger generation, they don't have the context of past experience. So this has been very scary for them because, like, you've just finished school. You've just graduated. What's your future? What are the jobs? How are you going to be productive? What are you going to do? What? How, how do you grow forward being just stuck at home? Those that were supposed to go to college, the whole the incredible college experience, university experience, they haven't had that. The child at home who's not able to go to birthday parties and not able to socialize with their friends. I mean, you, we need community. All that's affected us. What about the older person? who isn't so good with technology and their increased rates of depression because they're so lonely and isolated. Younger generation better with technology, but they, they are still isolated, but they don't have context. So, for example, we see that from studies that the older generation and younger generation all have battled with depression through this, have experienced bouts of depression and anxiety, which are, are symptoms of this whole thing. Okay, so it's not an illness. It's this whole thing that I've just described produces these warning signals of depression and anxiety, which are telling you, hey, there's there's something going on. So the brain's changed shape. Our experience has changed the shape of our brain. We've got lots of these in our brain, and they've been growing, and there's lots of them, and these go against the natural wired for love nature of the brain. So your immune system is in exactly the same way as your immune system is going to fight that COVID virus your immune system is going to fight this because this is a toxic protein. This is this is made of toxic proteins. These proteins are distorted. This is not part of your wire for love nature. So your immune system recognizes the toxic thought. For those of you listening, I'm holding up the toxic tree. So your immune system recognizes this reshaping in the brain that the COVID has caused as, an, as, an, as, a, as a threat to survival. So the immune response Is going to is going to happen? It's going to send out T macrophages and B macrophages and B T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes and macrophages to the site of damage, and that's to try and fight this. It increases inflammation in our in in our body. We have an immune response. It increases our stress levels. It decreases blood flow around the heart. Blood vessels around the heart constrict. There's less blood flow to the brain, less oxygen to the brain. So we become more impulsive, and our decision making is not so good. And we have increased high beta activity, which is an energy wave that we only want to flow in small little bursts. But when we get very anxious about what's going on around us, and we have a lot of these toxic thoughts in our brain, we start getting increased levels of high beta across the different parts of the brain. And that in itself starts reshaping. So for example, if you get a lot of high beta, where I'm pointing to now, and through a part through the middle of your brain called the corpus callosum, especially the front part, joins the two sides of the brain. And another part called the anterior cingulate gyrus. When you get increased spurts, this is just one change of of high beta, too much high beta in those areas. You can get kind of stuck in a negative predictive pattern. And if this is happening over sixty three days, this constant input, this constant building of this thought, and more branches being added every day, and more negative interpretation, we can get into almost like OCD type symptoms where we can have very very high beta in certain areas of our brain, because each different part of our brain is responding in different ways to the different things that we do to function as a human. And when we get high bursts of high beta and high bursts of high gamma, too much of high gamma, instead of being creative, we get kind of blocked in our thinking and we can get kind of stuck in our thinking and we can start becoming very stuck in a negative pattern. So we get kind of stuck in this and then start almost... Becoming predictive of more negativity, so we go into almost this downward spiral of negativity, and that has and, and with a consistent chronic stress state, which we've been in, with being bombarded ninety percent of the day with all this negativity, a lot of us have got stuck in very negative thought patterns where we feel controlled as well, because when these patterns become very strong, and you get this high firing in the anterior cingulate gyrus. And there's the sides of the brain, the temporal lobe, and then also deep down inside in the amygdala, because the amygdala is like a perceptual library, and a, like a library has books with information. Your amygdala has all these, and it holds your perceptions, your, your perspective of what's happening and it links, and, and the, so this, so, and so it's like the thought is built in the outer part of your brain. And then in your amygdala, you've got this little library of the perception. And then it's connected to that thought. And if the, if, if imagine that it's the library book is this big, thick library book of just all this negative stuff. And all you, all you're looking at all the time is the negative stuff. And that's then sending this, perspective signal back to the actual thought and it's increasing the anxiety. So extreme anxiety has tripled over the pandemic because of what I've just described. So there is a response in the brain and the brain is actually damaged and and, and reshaped to become more predictive of negativity. But that's not the end of the story. That doesn't mean that you, that you are broken. It means that you're having a very Listen to me now, a normal response, a normal reshaping to an adverse circumstance. Summer is a time for friends, family and those special moments together that calm our messy minds and make life worth living. One of my favorite ways to celebrate good times outside with friends is barbecuing and no summer meal is complete without a refreshing and delicious beverage to cool off and enjoy the sunshine. This is why I love Hazzar. A bold probiotic seltzer with benefits. I love that Hazza adds probiotics to their seltzer to help support a healthy gut, which is so important when it comes to our mental and physical well-being. Every one of Hazza's delicious flavors is tasty and exhilarating when chilled, but also non-perishable. So you can store them at room temperature if you are like me, always running out of room in the fridge. And I did mention, all their seltzers have just 3 grams of sugar or less per 12-ounce can to help you feel your best before diving into summer. Currently, I am all about the juicy pear flavor, which I love adding fresh cucumber slices to while enjoying a mental health break outdoors. Get your cooler ready and stock up on Huzza probiotic seltzer by using the code Dr. Leaf for 20% off your order at drinkhuzza.com. That's code Dr. Leaf for 20% off at drinkhuzzah.com. The link and details will be in the show notes. What we haven't done is we haven't helped people sufficiently manage that mess. And yes, there's been a increase in people going to therapy, which is great. And so people are trying to manage that. But we need to have a a global way of actually helping people to manage their minds and to recognize and understand the process I've described and recognize, well, if that's what's happening, can I change this toxic thought? And yes, you can. Can you change the high gamma that's supposed to help you be more creative and learn new ways of functioning and help you to rewire the brain? Can you take that gamma activity in the brain and that high beta and can you get it to the right level so that it works for you and not against you? Can you take this toxic thought and can you somehow take away its impact and negativ- negative toxic impact on your entire brain and body? Yes, you can. It's hard work and it requires us Talking to each other, it requires a community approach. It requires us, for example, having discussions between the older generation and the younger generation, where we talk about how we feel that this and this and this has happened. Get it out. As soon as you start talking about something... You bring this from the non conscious mind into the conscious mind, and we know from neuroscience that you then start weakening the branches, which is a fantastic thing to do. And when you start weakening the branches of these toxic uh, trees, it means that you can reshape it. This is the neuroplasticity of the brain. Because the brain is neuroplastic, it means it can always change. The brain is always changing. How does it change? Through mind management, through managing your mind, you change your brain. If your brain, if your mind is unmanaged, your brain is still changing, but in a messy direction. So the pandemic's created a tremendous amount of mess out there, and our mind is processing all this mess and trying to deal with it in, in an experimental way. And we've built these toxic thoughts, and that's normal. So our body is sending up all these signals from the physical pains to the emotional things of, 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 of depression and anxiety, etc., to tell us, hey, hey, slow down. Process this, talk about it, gather awareness of it, be aware, and not just on your own, do it on your own, but talk to each other. So here's the older and younger generation, for example, m- matching together. The older generation has had extreme states of depression, so is the younger generation, but the older generation's coped better. Why? Than the younger generation, why? Because younger generation have got more technological savvy. So they've been able to stay more connected on a technological level. But the older generation have got more context of things that they've been through before, of things that have happened before. So they can say, you know what, this and this and this happened and we got through it. This and this and this happened and we got through it. So the older generation can talk to the younger generation about all the things that they've got through before. So this too shall pass. And when you hear people's stories and you hear how this terrible stuff happen and this is how they got through it it builds you up when you hear other people's stories you know that when you listen to other people's stories and you realize you're not alone in this and that hey that you got through it it helps you get perspective it helps that amygdala that's become so swollen with library books that are filled with toxic stuff that you walk in the library and the books are just falling on your head you can now Take those books, and you can say, "Hey, yes, that's happened." But we're going to shrink your size, and we're going to rather replace them with all the stories of success, all the beautiful parts of what have come out of the pandemic, all the experiences that that you have had in the past that were bad that you did get through. That and and listen to other people's stories. And the younger generation can hold the, help the older generation by teaching them more technology, and and helping them learn how to stay connected through you know FaceTime and through WhatsApp and through Zoom technology and. And all these different things, so we can bring have community discussion, and because of technology, yes, it's not ideal, yes, we want to be able to touch and see each other and now we are more the areas that are vaccinated, we can connect more, thank goodness, and we can get out more, and we can talk more, but we should be talking about this, we shouldn't just push it down, we can't just we can't just forgive and forget, we can't just forget. We've been through stuff. We need to talk about it. When this happened in the pandemic, this affected me. This happened in my relationship. Being around this person for so long, brought out all these things that I thought I hadn't dealt with. I mean, that's happened a lot over this pandemic, where people have kind of got so busy with life that they haven't faced some of the issues that have been going on in their own lives prior to the pandemic. And being isolated with people at home has brought out all kinds of stuff. Well, that's great. Grab that and deal with it. If you've become aware of something... You need to deal with it. It's weakened. It's malleable. It's changeable. You can go through the process of deconstructing and reconstructing and turning it into this. You can't change what's happened to you, but you can change what it looks like in you. And that's the, that's what the neurocycle process does, where you're gathering awareness and you don't just gather awareness. You go beyond that and you start processing. So you start reflecting. And reflecting is to try and understand, okay, this happened because of this. So this is a normal response. This is a reasonable response. And in doing that, you change the shape of the amygdala. You reduce its inflammation because it gets bigger. It gets bigger in one part and smaller in the other part because our memories start getting affected. So the trauma and the depression can actually shrink parts of the amygdala and it can then affect the hippocampus, which affects memory. So and that's what's happened a lot. We've had a, a slight shrinkage in the hippocampus. We've had an increase in in size of the in, of the amygdala. We've had an increase in distorted firing across the temporal lobe and the anterior cingulate gyrus. In other words, these are responses in the different. And I've only mentioned a few in the different parts of the brain and the body to when we're experiencing these chronic states of trauma that we have. So yes, we have reshaped our mind and brain. Those. The mind stores the memories in the form of these, these toxic waves if it's toxic. And, and our mind wants this kind of wave going through the mind and the brain and the body, a healthier sine wave, not these kind of toxic waves. So with mind management, we can calm down the toxic waves. This is producing toxic waves in our mind. This is keeping our brain and body in a state of of anxiety and of, of toxicity, of being broken down, of increasing vulnerability to illness and disease. But if we acknowledge this and we gather awareness of this and we start pulling this apart and we do this on our own and in groups, and then we start reflecting on this and understanding, I feel like this because of this. And you start asking, answering, and discussing. And then you write this down. You get it out and you use things like the Metacog, which is a system I've developed over 38 years, to help you really get the two sides of the brain working together to increase brain health and to dive deep into what's really going on in your non-conscious. Because your brain and your non-conscious mind and your body are much more ahead of your conscious mind. They know what's going on before you consciously aware of it. So you want to bring what's in the non-conscious mind up. You want to pull those library books up. You want to replace those toxic books in the amygdala and with healthy books. And you can only do that by reflecting and then writing. And the metacog really, which is step three of my neurocycle process, gather is step one and reflect is step two. And the metacog is step three, where you're pouring all your stuff on paper. And when you do that, you are starting to see the reasons, you're starting to stuff up that you didn't realize how, how how that pandemic had impacted you. You start seeing that when you go to the fourth step, which is a recheck step, you start seeing some order in what you've written. You look back at what you've written and you start seeing, gosh, this affected me like this and this affected my child like this. And this is how I did that. And, and how can I see this differently? How can I say instead of, oh, this always happens to me, it doesn't always happen to me. This is happening to everyone. This is Part of, of 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 life of what's happened to all of us on this planet. How can we how can we accept this now and move forward? What can we do? What are the steps we can take to change this in our lives? How can I help my adolescent processes? How can I help them see more context? How can I help myself get more technologically efficient to help me process what I've gone through? How do I change that I can get get a level of acceptance of what's happened and find the way forward and. Then the fifth step is an act of reach where you actually make a little action, put a little action together, just tiny things at a time that you can put together to be able to change things. Like I am going to really talk to someone who's older than me and I'm going to ask them to tell me how they've coped. Or it could be something like I'm really going to take the time to observe my emotions and see them as warning signals and that I'm not a broken brain. And I'm going, or something like, it's okay that I feel like this. This is all part of what I've experienced in the pandemic. So these are all things that you can do. What you eat affects how you feel and how you feel affects what you eat, which is why traditional dieting is often fraught with failure. And I say this from personal experience. It often ends up making you feel worse off than before and can be a very traumatic experience, potentially setting you up in a toxic cycle of restricting certain foods. The reality is that food and eating is about way more than a number on a scale, or about avoiding certain foods we label as bad. It's about living your best, healthiest life, and you can start doing that today with Noom, a psychology-based approach to getting people on track to eating healthier. Instead of setting strict rules, making you feel guilty for eating something, Noom empowers you with the knowledge to build smarter, more sustainable habits and behaviors over time. Indeed, what I have learned using Noom is that no one type of food is totally off limits. You can keep eating foods you love and celebrate while learning to maintain a healthier balance. They have taught me so much like how to shop better and understand that it is unhealthy to label certain foods as good or bad out of the context of my life and unique needs. Noom has built its entire platform on two things, research and wanting to help people lead healthier lives through behavioral change. a team of behavioral health experts have PhD and master's degrees in fields including psychology, integrative medicine, and neuroscience. But even though they're all about evidence-based science, they're also passionate about creating a more empathic approach to creating a healthier life. So, start building a better habit for healthier, long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash Leaf. That's n o o m. dot com slash Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. In summary, a lot has happened over the past year, including to our brains. Or more accurately, we've reshaped our brains. Our minds have been reshaped and our brains have been reshaped. And our brain is changing all the time. So with our mind, we experience events. And if we understand that these events then change the brain, the understanding the mind-brain-body connection can help us change this. I'm just giving you the summary now. So basically, I believe that the best way that we can start just saying, instead of just saying, oh, this is our brain on COVID and just accepting it, realize our brains can change. And what changes it our mind. So by going through the process of the neurocycle, which I teach in my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, and I teach in my app, Neurocycle, and I teach on this podcast, you have a tool, you have a system it will help you direct the neuroplasticity of your brain, and take these toxic trees and rewire and reshape them, and bring the health back into the amygdala and the frontal lobe and the hippocampus and the temporal lobes, and get those brain waves—the delta, theta, alpha, beta, and gamma—all flowing in the way that they should, and 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 a level of acceptance and peace. You can do that. The brain, we've got to remember that the brain is an extremely complex neuroplastic responder. And this essentially means that every time that we respond, our brain is changing. Let me read this to you. Every time the brain is stimulated by the mind, and the mind is always stimulated when you're awake, because when you're awake, you're experiencing life. So you're awake, your mind is stimulated by life. And that then stimulates your brain. And every time that happens, the brain responds in many ways, which includes neurochemical, genetic, and electromagnetic changes. And this in turn grows and changes the structures of the brain, building and wiring in new thoughts. And that's what's happened over COVID. That's what I've been explaining. Okay, so the brain is never the same. And that's good news. That means that you can direct the changes in your brain. The neurocycle that I've been describing, the five-step neurocycle, is how you can gather awareness of these of these changes in your brain, and you can change them. You can bring healing back into your mind, your brain, and your body. And it's not going to be quick and easy. It's going to take cycles of 63 days because that's the time it takes to rewire the brain with our mind and potentially multiple cycles of 63 days, but you can do it. Okay, so it is easier said than done, but we can do it. Okay, so in conclusion, changes are not set in stone. You can change your brain. Okay, there is hope. Our mind changes, our brain and our body changes. And with directed mind input that I call mind management, we can learn how to shift and direct these neuroplastic changes that have happened in our brain and our mind and our body over COVID. This is incredibly, incredibly positive and helpful. And I will be doing another podcast where I'll give you actual little exercises and don't forget to sign up for... The conference where I'll be doing multiple exercises with you in understanding and feeling and experiencing how to implement this change. In the meantime, you can get my book and start implementing the Neurocycle and you can get the NeuroCycle app where I literally walk you through this and it's an organic platform. So I keep on adding more and more things to help you. Thank you for joining me today and I look forward to seeing you next time. And remember, you can change the way that your brain has been reshaped over this COVID pandemic. You're not destined to live with that that brain. Your mind changes your brain all the time. Your brain never stays the same. So you may as well learn how to direct that change. Thank you for joining me. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com. And to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leith. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned.